Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that we incorporate you... What is it? Incorporate us. (laughs) Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey, dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. You're too excited. Too excited for the singing game. (laughs) Right, so it's episode 51. Genetic diversity and natural selection. I'll just quickly discuss everything we're going to discuss. So genetic diversity as a number of different alleles of genes in a population and as a factor enabling natural selection to occur. The principles of natural selection in the evolution of a population and all the steps that are involved in natural selection. We're going to talk about directional selection, exemplified by antibiotic resistance in bacteria and stabilising selection, which is exemplified by human birth weights. And we're also going to talk about natural selection being a resulting in species that are better adapted for their environment, and that these adaptations can be anatomical, physiological or behavioural. Sounds like it's going to be a hard one. Well, it's interesting, and even that all sounds like it's going to take ages, but actually it isn't. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. So... First of all, genetic diversity. Before we talk about what that means, and I know I've already defined it, but we need to kind of rip it apart a bit. Let's talk about some specific keywords. Do you remember what a gene is? They are in your chromosomes. Yeah, so it's a section of a chromosome. And what does it code for? Triplets of bases. Protein? Protein, exactly, yeah. So it codes for a sequence of amino acids to make a polypeptide or a protein. Excellent. Do you remember what the word allele means? Because we haven't done that very much. No. So alleles are different versions of the same gene. So the obvious ones are things like blood group. Oh, and one of them would be like more dominant than another. Yeah. Okay. So uh, blood group, you've got A, B, A, mm-hmm. B and O. I'm an O-neg. I'm a universal donor. Exactly. I think we know that, don't we? We've said <laughs> that before. You've talked long and, long <laughs> and hard about your trials and tribulations of donating blood. Um hair colour, blonde, brown, red, you know, this, yes. like, they're and you different also, versions of the same thing. You also talked about how they can become dominant over time. And you said, like, say you have born with blonde hair. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while for the gene to work. Yeah. Like, if you were born with blonde hair, but you're going to have brown hair, yeah. it just, it, the gene doesn't work properly for a while. Yeah, so it takes a little while for the expression of the gene to kick in. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So alleles are formed by mutations. They would have only have been one hair colour gene in humans, but then a mutation happened, which produced a slightly different protein that slightly changed the colour of the hair of an individual. And then, obviously, that just stuck. Mm-hmm. How come people aren't walking around with like purple hair? Because there's never been a mutation that causes a protein that causes purple hair. Do you reckon there ever will be? There aren't actually any purple anything in the world, is there? Like, there's purple petals, but there's no animal with purple fur. No. So, no, I probably wouldn't expect that to be a thing. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, right, so um, diversity, what does that mean? 
Uh, that is a dance group of an ex <laughs> I knew you were going to say Diversity is like all sorts. Yeah. Everyone. Variety. Yeah. Differences. Yeah. The differences even between you and me and we come from the same parents. So, yeah. you know, we've taken different genes from our parents. Population. People. Lots of different people everywhere makes a population. Right. So... But populations don't just have to be people because you could have a population of ants, you could have a population of dogs, you, okay. could, you know what I mean? Yes. So uh, a group of individuals uh-huh. of the same species living in the same place that can interbreed. And what does the word species mean? We are the human species. We are. What does that mean about us? That we can only breed within each other. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't be able to produce what? People. No. You wouldn't be able to produce more people. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right, absolutely. So it, To make more people. It's The idea is is that, you, that the species continues to make more people. Yeah. So the offspring that two of the same species make have to be able to go on to make their own. That's what I was trying to exactly. say. Exactly, good. So the, the specific wording of it is a group of similar organisms that can breed together to produce fertile offspring. So if two organisms were to interbreed and they didn't have fertile offspring, then they probably weren't of the same species. And the reason for that is to do with chromosome numbers. When a sperm and an egg meet, the chromosome numbers have to be enough that they pair up. 23 and 23. 23 and 23 would produce pairs. Yes. The right number of pairs. And a different species wouldn't have the same. Exactly. If a sperm and an egg both contain different numbers of chromosomes, as in like they couldn't pair up, mm-hmm. the embryo still might survive, but it wouldn't be able to make its own sex cells. So it if wouldn't be was, able to carry out meiosis oh, so it properly. it could potentially survive and become a thing? It could survive. It, it would be able to survive and be a thing, but it wouldn't be able to go through meiosis with its own cells because it doesn't have matching numbers of chromosomes. We've already said genetic diversity. So if you listen to that word, genetic diversity, what do you think that means? That lots of people are genetically different. Yeah. And the reason why they're genetically different is because they have different alleles. So genetic diversity is the total number of different alleles in a population. So all the different alleles that exist in a population. So obviously, the larger the number of different alleles... In a population means the larger variety of characteristics there are. So the more different hair colours there are and eye colours there are and all that sort of thing. We shouldn't really be referring to humans when we talk about this because we're not really in a natural environment. We've kind of adapted the world to suit us. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to evolve to our own environment because we've adapted it for us. So we don't have to evolve. We don't have to do anything. But other species, all the natural species that live in the world do. So it would be more like, oh, fur length, neck length, beak size. You know, there's so many different things that can help an animal or a bird or anything survive over others. The less alleles there are, the less genetic diversity there is. And genetic diversity is really important for survival of that species or of that population. Because if you think about it, like the greater the diversity, the more likely there is an individual or some individuals in that population that if there is an environmental change, there's more likely to be somebody in that population that already is adapted to it, that will survive over others, go on to reproduce, 
and produce people that are also adapted and, to it. And produce, exactly. So they're better suited to that new environment already. And it's because of a particular allele they possess in their chromosome that others don't have. So the more diverse the, the population, more likely that population is to go on to survive as a whole into a, a tackling an environmental change of some kind. So if there was a slight change in temperature in a particular area and there were animals living there and some had slightly longer fur than others because of a, an allele that they had that made their fur grow longer naturally, they will survive over others. If none of them had that slightly longer fur, they would all die. Genetic diversity is increased by gene mutations, changes in the base sequence that change the allele, which makes it maybe more or less likely to survive. A lot of mutations occur and they're not useful. Mutations are random, they're spontaneous. It's by chance that, that it happens. If it doesn't happen, then that population dies as a whole. It can also happen because of gene flow, which means that migration of a population into another area where they live can sometimes introduce alleles if they interbreed between the populations. It can introduce new alleles to a new population. And that could also increase genetic diversity and support survival. When an allele codes for a characteristic that increases the chances of an organism surviving, then the frequency of that allele will increase in the population. That allele will occur more frequently if they go on to survive and breed. And that is essentially what natural selection is. Natural selection is about selecting for a particular allele because it ensures the survival of that population. Does that make sense? How does the body know that? Like how does it it doesn't know? know, it doesn't know. It's just, like, the body doesn't know. It's the population selecting that allele as a whole. But how does it work? Because... Any animal that doesn't have that allele dies and doesn't reproduce and pass on their alleles to, the power of God. to children, to offspring. Because you've got this differential reproductive success. Some go on to reproduce, others don't. The ones that reproduce pass on their alleles to offspring and that gradually over time can change a whole species over thousands of years. So it's not so about anybody knowing anything. We started with like... It's lizard a tongues, right? Yeah. And then gradually over time, people were like, things are weird. <laughs> and then someone had the allele for... Normal human, tongue. For normal flat tongue. And then they passed it on to their kids. And then eventually, the population saw the, these tongues and was like, yes. And then everyone started to pick that allele. Yeah, it's a reproductive selection. So if it was that intelligent, then it would be like a, I ain't doing it with him. He's got a lizard tongue. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have my babies with this person that has a normal tongue. Yeah. But that's an intellectual selection, isn't it? That's like a, a behavioural thing because it's very similar to the behaviour of some other animals like so some I, species. Why would I go with that one who's the slowest of the pack? Exactly, exactly. Naturally, the females of species are attracted to whatever it is the leader. Yeah. So that might be the most attractive peacock. That might be the fastest or strongest lion in the pride. Or it might be insects and birds. They sometimes dance to mm -hmm. get mates, you know. So it'll be the one that puts on the best show and does the best dance. Because that's kind of showing, well, he's got the strongest genes. He's Diversity. got the strongest alleles. Yeah. 
<laughs> just like diversity yeah. um or it might be so some birds they build these bowers or these like big nests and they fill it with flowers or whatever and they make it colorful and beautiful and and that entices the mate and that in some way would suggest that they've got the best alleles because they've made the best bower and then the female would choose them over others because they don't want to have weak offspring they want to have the strongest offspring so it's like a natural drive in females to choose the best and that is why females of species tends to be much more boring in colour, especially birds, whereas the males are, like, beautiful and mm. colourful and attractive and, you know, that's... Oh, OK. It's a funny thing. So, anyway, natural selection. Selecting for an allele because it allows you to survive over others. And there has to be an environmental change or something that's happened to that population that's going to either wipe it out or they need to survive. So it could be a disease, it could be a predator, it could be competitors, it could be... Stop thinking about the film Predator. <laughs> and it... <laughs> it could be a Terminator. No, I'm joking. <laughs> thing that is affecting that population, that one or two of the individuals have got a lily or that allows them to survive better over the others, uh, compete for the food or fight off the predator. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Or whatever. Over time, that population will evolve to increase the number of that allele because there'll be more individuals with it because mm -hmm. the one that possesses it survives reproduces passes it on to their offspring that is what natural selection is that is the process they've got the allele or the mutation that's caused this new allele they're more likely to survive they reproduce they pass that allele on to their offspring that's repeated over many generations is there and then a... the frequency of that beneficial allele increases within the population. Is there a run faster allele? Yes. It won't be one allele, it'll be a combination of a few, but it'll be a strength. It'll be something to do with muscles, won't it? I mean, there's so many contexts. I mean, we've talked about fur length. The most common example is giraffe neck length. They originally had short necks. They couldn't compete at the lower levels for the food. An allele caused a longer neck. One giraffe so can get or to some the giraffes. They got to the higher food. They survived. Shorter-necked ones didn't. And over time, giraffes became longer-necked. But only because there was competition at that time for food at those levels. Giraffes are weird. They're weird-looking. How has that happened? But it's happened because of this pressure and this selection of this allele for the neck length. Mm -hmm. You never think of it in that way. You never look at a giraffe and think, oh, it's so weird. We think it's great, but it's really weird. It's got a massive neck. That's not right, but it is right mm -hmm. because that's how they survived. If there was no longer neck length gene, there wouldn't be any giraffes now. Do you think there's one in humans for a longer neck? Yeah, probably. And there must be because some people don't have necks. Some people have beautiful, long, elegant necks. Some people just have normal length necks. But it doesn't necessarily mean that having the longer human neck is reproductively beneficial over others mm -hmm. because you're not looking for a mate with a nice neck are you? <laughs> I don't know you might be I don't know but there's so many examples and it depends on the environment so we've talked about fur we've talked about necks body shape body shape can be influential depending on extreme weather conditions like if you live in cold you need to be big and round if you live in hot you need to be small and skinny and have long things mm -hmm. long limbs and things like that those things have evolved mm -hmm. over time blubber thickness in whales and dolphins has allowed them to survive colder seas um one that we teach at gcse is about horses and their feet horses years ago used to be quite small and had toes 
But that's because the ground was marshier and softer and it was better for them to have toes to not sink into the ground. Over time, as the ground became rockier and less marshy... They got hooves. They evolved into hooves. And all that happened was the bones retracted back into the leg and the middle bone became this big hoof. There's still the remnants of the bones in horses' legs now of those That's toes. That's how we know. That's how you know. And But there's also fossils of, of horses going back millions of years. We also teach about peppered moths. So light-coloured moth wings, dark-coloured moth wings and how they camouflage. So yeah. any kind of skin colour, fur colour, anything at all that allows for camouflage better than others or scares off, scares off predators better than others you know, they're going to be beneficial, so then therefore that allele will become more frequent. Yeah. You know, there are animals out there evolving beautifully every day. That, apart from moths. Apart from moths, but there's an insect going around with what looks like a massive leaf on its back. It's evolved like a leaf. There's moths and butterflies that have what look like owls' eyes on their wings to scare off predators and pretending venomous snakes, but they're not really venomous, but they've got colours on their skin which suggest that they are. But they've evolved to have those colours because it, in nature it means danger. And this has all come through evolution. As I said before, and as I said at the start, these adaptations can be anatomical, physiological or behavioural. And I think we've covered pretty much all of those in our discussion. So anatomical is to do with the body and how it looks from the outside and how it suits to the environment. So like right. we talked about longer fur, longer necks, all those things. We've talked about uh, behavioural, so migration from one area to another, courtship behaviours, dancing for a mate. And then also they could be physiological. So it might be that over time, a particular population, their body has to adapt to a particular type of food and has to digest a particular nutrient that it couldn't before. um, We used to eat grass, which is what the appendix was Appendix. Because we used to eat grass, but now we don't eat grass, so we don't need it anymore. We can't break down cellulose. We don't produce an enzyme that breaks down cellulose. We don't make cellulase like other animals do. Maybe we should evolve. Or we've possibly already evolved from making it to not making it, but I don't know. That's a physiological adaptation where you couldn't digest something, and now you can, because Mm -hmm. there was an allele that made one individual in the population able or couple able to digest something that couldn't. Mm-hmm. And if that's the only food stuff you've got, you're either going to die or you need to change. Obviously, the individuals that first encounter it, a couple of them will survive. The rest will die. Yeah, It's going to be catastrophic at the time, but the population will survive and build up again. The types of selection is the last thing we're going to talk about, and that's directional and stabilising. And the spec specifically says that directional, we, we need to apply that to antibiotic resistance and stabilising, we need to apply that to human birth weights. So there is a resource if you want to pull it up. Teachmescience.co.uk if you want to just look at the graphs of the directional selection and stabilising selection. Again, if you've already got your own, that's not a problem. If you look at directional selection, this is where individuals with alleles for characteristics that are extreme, for of an extreme type, are more likely to survive and reproduce due to an environmental change. For antibiotic resistance, you would have your x-axis would be low resistance, high resistance. So We don't want to be resistant to antibiotics. We don't want bacteria to be, but they, they are developing oh, all bacteria. the time. Oh, okay, bacteria, okay, we're talking about us, we're talking no, about bacteria. No, bacterial, yeah. So it would be low resistance on the left-hand side, high resistance on the other, and then you'd have a number of bacteria of that particular, you know, in the middle. Mm-hmm. They have a number of bacteria up the side. You can see that the original population was very, very few with low, 
very, very few with high, and then in the middle, just bacteria. But if a particular bacteria has a mutation, so a particular cell in the population of bacteria has a cell that makes it resistant to an antibiotic, and then they are exposed to that antibiotic, what's the antibiotic going to do to all the non-resistant ones? Kill them. Kill them. And what about the ones that are resistant? They will be still alive. They'll still be alive. So what will they go on to do? Brag. And? Make others that are also Well, what will that individual resistant bacteria cell do? Make more. Make more. So it will reproduce. And all of the bacteria cells that come from that will have the resistance allele. They'll have less competition for nutrients and things like that because all the non-resistant ones have died. The population, this is okay with antibiotics because this doesn't take thousands and millions of years. This actually could take days because antibiotic resistance is like a full-on, rapid, high-speed evolution. So in a couple of days' time, the population could actually be the second graph, so not the dotted line one, but the second one, which has moved more towards everybody's got high resistance now. And if it's more than one antibiotic... And like this would have to be a combination of different mutations. Then they could be resistant to two or three. Yeah, it's like different variations of COVID virus and vaccines. Still yeah, working could be or not working. Could be, yeah, yeah. So is that okay for directional? So it's yeah, going I don't in really one direction. Get the graph though. If it was labelled, it might be better. So it'd be low resistance here, high resistance over here. Number of bacteria up the How side. How come it goes down? Because. You'll always have this kind of bell shape for a population because there'll always be a variety. I know what you mean because you think, well, if, if it's high resistance, then surely they would just all be alive. So surely it would stay high. I know what you mean. The really, really, really extremes can't survive either side. Okay. With stabilising, it's where individuals with alleles for characteristics towards the middle of the range are more likely to survive and reproduce. And this is because there's no environmental change. You're just focusing in on the the optimum, whatever it is. The one that we have to use to exemplify this is human birth weights. For the graph, it's not labelled, but you've got low weight babies on the left hand side, increasing weight as it goes along, high work birth weights at the other end. The dotted line graph is showing what they were when they were born. The original birth weights, what happens to the lowest and what happens to the highest birth weights they're bad what happens to the babies i don't know what this graph is showing is how the lowest birth weights the most extreme ends and the highest birth weights those babies die their condition their birth weight is not favorable Mm -hmm. to human birth or the survival for the first few days what happens is the selection is for middle baby birth weights so you can see that after selection we haven't really got those extremes smallest and largest it's much more middle range because they're better adapted to survive birth and a few days after really really small babies they maybe have been born too early so that they're not fully developed so they might have what, the little tiny ones yeah significant lung problems and breathing issues and might ever never be able to breathe on their own they're going to find it really difficult to maintain their own body temperatures over time because babies can't maintain their own body temperatures they need to be looked after in such a way that they are cared for so that if they get too hot they, you cool them down if they're too cold you warm them up because yeah. they can't do it themselves smaller babies it would be much much more difficult to do that that's why they have to be in incubators and things like that and then larger babies this is less common now because of our just the way that we are in our world we can look after really really sick babies really really well 
larger babies, particularly back when we didn't have such sophisticated medical stuff, wouldn't have survived birth because they just could not survive the birth. The mum's pelvises just are not big enough to push out these massive babies and Mm -hmm. they struggle with the birthing process and they just can't cope with it. Their bodies can't cope with it and the stress of it. So that was sometimes why the larger babies died. It just led to a much more stable, middle-of-the-range selection of alleles. Exam questions. So, uh, question one. What is meant by genetic diversity? One mark. Different types of alleles chosen to... We're not talking about selection, just genetic diversity in a population. So the number of different... Alleles. Alleles of each gene in a population, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Good. Number two. So there's a little resource... It's not necessary to really have the graph, but there is some information about a test some sciences, science did with some fish. The question is, what type of selection were the scientists modelling in this investigation by putting back only the largest or only the smallest fish in tank A and C, and to give a reason why? Tank A put back the largest, tank B put fish back at random... Tank C put back only the smallest fish. So is that directional or stabilising? I don't know. Directional? Yeah. Because they're choosing to do it? No, because they're choosing the extreme. They're choosing the largest and the smallest. So they're choosing the extreme versions of it. Okay. Yeah? So you're right, it's directional. And it's because one extreme has been selected for or favoured or chosen didn't really need the graph but if yeah. people wanted to read the information about what the scientists that's the sort of question out, you might get in the exam yeah they'd put in the graph to confuse you yeah uh, yeah you can find this question it will be episode 51 exam question on yeah. the google drive from our website so this question has quite a big run-up to it okay this question three and it is a, a big run-up to four it. marker it's quite a lot of information Bacterial meningitis is a potentially fatal disease affecting the membranes around the brain. Neisseria meningitis, or NM, is a leading cause of bacterial meningitis. So this bacteria, NM. Penicillin has been the antibiotic of choice for the treatment of bacterial meningitis. But since the year 2000, strains of NM that are resistant to all penicillin Sulfenamides and rifampicin have been discovered in the UK. Can't wait to edit this. <laughs> Describe how a population of NM can become resistant to these antibiotics. Four marks. So they had an allele. Caused One by, of them caused by. Allele. Where did the allele come from? You're absolutely right. Straight in with the allele. From... Fantastic. But what's caused that allele to be produced? Beginning with an M. Mutation. It's been a mutation yep. of alleles. Yep. The bacterias took and used that and made more bacterias because they knew that it would be resistant to the antibiotics. So there's a mutation that causes a bacteria cell to be resistant to an antibiotic. If they're exposed to that antibiotic, what happens? Some of them die, some of them don't. Yeah. So the unresistant ones, the ones without the allele, they will die. They will die. But the ones with the allele, they will live and make more bacteria that is also resistant. Exactly. That's the key thing. So it says it results in a cell with an allele for resistance to one antibiotic, one of them, because mm-hmm. there was three mentioned. 
the cell survives and passes the allele on to its offspring for mm -hmm. resistance. But the process then needs to be repeated for the different antibiotics, doesn't it? Like there's two others as mm -hmm. well. So that would happen again and again over a long time. Yeah. And they're the questions. How do you feel about them? A little bit hard, but not yeah. that hard. Yeah. You're getting into areas where it's hard to find the questions. They're always lumped in with other subject areas. You're not going to get a whole question on selection. It's going to become part of lots of other things. So yeah. and they are tough questions. This links heavily to something that's in A-level, like the A2 as well. So you're bound to get them in A2 papers linked with other things. Okay. Shall I do the roundup? A2 papers means the second year of A-level. The second A -level. year, yeah. We Genetic diversity is the total number of different alleles in a population. The higher the number of different alleles in a population, the larger the variety of different characteristics and the greater the genetic diversity meaning that there is likely individuals in the population that can survive an environmental change. Genetic diversity is increased by random and spontaneous gene mutations and gene flow, whereby new and different alleles are introduced into a population due to migration. If a particular allele is selected for because it codes for a characteristic that increases the chance of an organism surviving, its frequency within the population can increase. This is called natural selection. If an allele or mutation makes an organism more likely to survive, they can go on to reproduce and will pass the allele on to their offspring. This is repeated over many generations and the frequency of the beneficial allele increases in the population. This is how species can evolve gradually over time. These changes can be anatomical, behavioural or physiological. Directional selection is where alleles for characteristics of an extreme type are more likely to survive and reproduce due to an environmental change. This is exemplified by antibiotic resistance in bacteria. A mutation can cause antibiotic resistance to occur in a bacterial cell. Exposure to the antibiotic kills the bacteria in the population without the mutation, selecting the resistant mutation, and the resistant individuals in the population survive and reproduce with less competition in the environment, passing the mutation on to their offspring. Stabilising selection is where individuals with alleles with characteristics towards the middle of the range are more likely to survive and reproduce. This occurs when there is no environmental change. This is exemplified by human birth weights. Conditions are most favourable for the medium-sized babies to survive, so the weight of the human babies tends to shift towards the middle of the range. Any takeaways? Alleles. Yes. Mutations uh -huh. of alleles makes different alleles. Ca different characteristics. The body will evolve and make new alleles if there needs to be changes because of environment. And there are three different things. I can't remember what they're called. That um, Behavioural, anatomical, anatomical, physiological. And physiological. They're the three things that will cause change for the people and the species. Yeah, is that all right? that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Our wider reading for June is the podcast Bio Eats World. It has loads and loads of context for A-level biology. If you give it a listen, pick an episode that has seems to have an interesting topic for you and see what you think, because there's loads and loads of areas that connects directly to the biology specification. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to teachmescience.co.uk. You can find our resources there and all of our old wider reading. You can email us at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. 
You can tweet at us at, at @teachmebiocast and on Instagram we are at @teachmebiologycast. So get in touch. Tell us who you are, how you found us, and mm-hmm. what you're using us to study for or towards. We'd love to know. And as always, if you want to show us any revision, any, any revision, work you've done, any work you're doing in biology that you want, that you're proud of, you've with us, even if it's not based on anything that you, we've helped you with, if it's just biology you want to show off. Show yeah. us, we love it. Anything at all, we are here mm-hmm. and we will contact yes. you back. Was that the bell? Yes, that was the okay. bell. Okay. I was thinking, because the weather's lovely, why don't we record the episodes outside from now on? Well, you're the one that has to edit them. If you're <laughs> happy to do that, I don't mind. <laughs> Just with the sound of bird tweet and... Um, Wind blowing in our microphones. <laughs> and people in their gardens and people on their trampolines and dogs barking dogs and just kids screaming. Human life and population and diversity of people. So no then. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of buzzing bees. You're turning into David Attenborough slowly but surely now. Me, you've learned a little bit about I natural stay selection. In this small room, and I haven't even got a window. I know, but the quicker we like sign off now, the quicker we can escape and go outside. That's Although, okay. football, football's on. Yeah, remember, guys, from last week, I haven't actually seen the match yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a week since the match now, or yeah. two weeks. Since so when the match you now. hear this, there's going to have been a few matches. <laughs> we might be out. <laughs> We might be in. We'll see. My name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology and you will hear us next time. It's coming home. No, it no, might no. not be coming home. It might have already no, left. No. I don't know. No, no, no. You know, what does that mean, it's coming home? Is it because football is meant to be the home like the home of footballers England or something? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And play the music out. Go. Go.